Davis trying to work two and a third innings to get a save. We got the final out in the seventh inning. And now there's two outs in the ninth. The 3-2 to Harper. Swing and a miss. Strike three and the Cubs win it. The Cubs are in the league championship series for the third consecutive year. He struck out Bryce Harper on a low inside breaking ball. And a great happy scene of excited Cubs jumping up and down on the mound here at Nationals Park in Washington. What a ball game. Welcome to Sing Those Cubby Blues post-NLDS edition. The Cubs are going to the NLCS for the third straight year. Boy, that was a crazy game. I'm David Bloomberg. With me I'm is... David. David Westergreen. Yeah. As always. Oh, oh, that was nuts. That series was incredible. Two really good teams battling yeah. out through five games. I, I said it was going to go five games in our last episode. You said it was going to go five games in our last episode. And you were right. You called it Cubs 1-5. and five. Uh, And I'm glad to be wrong. I felt good about that. Um, but my prediction was that it was going to come down to Dusty's errors. And, you know, he really didn't make too many of them last night. You know, I mean, that really can't... I, I that game specifically, Game 5, I would not put on his shoulders. That was really just baseball being baseball. Like, that is the most baseball being baseball I've seen in quite some time. I have some very specific thoughts, and I felt Dusty did a fantastic job setting up his team for success there. Uh, um, he pulled Gio Gonzalez early, put in Matt Albers against the bottom of the lineup, Matt Albers isn't a, really a guy that I would have trusted against the top of the Cubs lineup, but he set them in, him at the perfect time. And uh, then the pinch hitter came up the next inning, and it set up Max Scherzer versus the top of the Cubs lineup. I think Dusty got exactly what he wanted, and uh, there's no, there's nothing else you can do there. That that was a a perfect storm uh, in the fifth inning that just created such a crazy game and. Man, I I felt like Dusty was out managing Joe, and Joe hadn't pulled Kyle Hendricks, and then all of a sudden, now Joe uses every pitcher in his bullpen, and it's really good that he didn't use Kyle Hendricks. And so, man, it was just such an incredible game. I mean, nobody could throw strikes. The every time the Cubs scored, the Nationals got the run back. And it, oh my goodness, it was just a it was a microcosm of the series. Yeah, and you know what? It was a weird game. I mean, just such a weird game because I didn't feel like either side made like a whole lot of tactical errors. Uh, or the Weeder's error. Yeah, I mean. Weeder's threw the ball into right field. Well, yeah, but that's a physical error. I don't think it's a. I don't okay. know. I don't, it's not a tactical mistake. He right. he he had to make that throw to try and prevent the drop third strike, and uh, it just didn't go well for him. You know, like that was a throw he had to make. It just if I, didn't... if I had to go after if I had to go after like strategy, strategic mistakes in this series, I kind of look at 
Dusty leaves his starters in a little too long in a couple of games, and the Cubs end up getting runs. I look at Joe, Joe pulled Strope one batter too early. I would have given Strope, Bryce, and Zimmerman um, in that inning yesterday. But, yeah, you're right. Overall, I mean, you know, you talk about how bad Dusty is and, and the kind of mistakes he makes. Dusty was quick hook, had a quick hook on his starters. He was putting in elite relievers, and sometimes it didn't work out. Joe had a quick hook on his starters. He was putting in elite relievers, and sometimes it didn't work out. Like, that was just the entirety of the series was great baseball teams making plays, winning games. <laughs> and we had to ride Wade Davis for two and a third innings. Uh, well, and I mean, you know, it was that game last night was crazy, but the series itself was kind of it stood in contrast to the other division series we had seen in baseball this season, this postseason, where there were there was plenty of scoring, where there was plenty of swinging the bat, and you know the Cubs and the Nationals had maybe the two best pitching staffs in baseball in the second half, so like. It wasn't completely shocking to see those two groups combine to kind of stifle offense. Yeah, the Cubs had eight runs before the game, uh, before game five, and then they scored nine in game five. Yeah, I mean they had the yeah. Cubs had the Cubs had eight, and I believe the Nationals had twelve in four games, and that's not a good average for either team for four games. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's. That's not a good average, and um, and you know it didn't feel like there were guys weren't barreling the ball. Even the home runs that had occurred, for the most part, up to that point, had seemed to be just barely home runs. Except for Bryce's Bryce, yeah, Bri- I'm Bri- Bryce crush one, but... yeah. But I mean, like a lot of the a lot of those balls were Bryce mm-hmm. had one, and Wilson had one earlier in the series that was hit real well. And aside from mm-hmm. that, we had. Very few barreled balls. We had, we had our we we, and then last night we got our best hit ball of the entire series off the bat of Kyle Schwarber. Who? Why wasn't he starting? I I don't know, but he hits a ball. (sighs) It was off a lefty. (laughs) He hit a ball. Hit a ball over 114 miles per hour straight into the right field wall. I thought that was going to be a home run. It was not. hit just below that part of the wall. But they, ended up scoring, so it works they, out. They showed it on the broadcast. He left a dent in the wall. Like, there was an impression in the wall, like, molded to the shape of the baseball, where he had hit it. That's... Yeah. Kyle Schwarber, Kyle uh, Schwarber should uh, be starting in every game in the NLCS. I just... He's, 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 he's a postseason magic kind of guy because he scored the end of game what it ended up being the the necessary run the ninth run i think i'm pretty sure so a lot happened there i mean we talk about the fifth inning where yeah, we, we need to talk about the fifth inning because i think i think that's what everyone comes here to hear us talk about for this game is that fifth inning because that's really gonna like that's gonna be talked about all off season long I, I have some stats. I'll I'll read them off. So Baseball Reference tweeted, none of the 2.73 million half innings in our database have even had all four of these events. 
only five games in total had all four of the events that happened where four batters in a row reach on an intentional walk, a pass ball strikeout, a catcher's interference and a hit by pitch four hitters in a row. So then a guy did the math. And so this was written on Bleacher Nation, um, which is where I'm pulling it from. He, he kind of collected it for us, but it was, it was said it was in one in two billion, one hundred eighty-three million, four hundred six. No, just kidding. Two. Wait. Yeah. Two, uh, two billion one hundred eighty-three thousand million four hundred six thousand three hundred one hundred thirteen. Numbers are hard. Yeah. Well, that's one in two billion. The odds of that happening, and it happened all in a row, and the Cubs got three runs and took the lead. I just yeah, and that was the thing, right? Was uh, there were a few things that conspired to have that happen. One of which was that uh, Weeders all series long was playing dangerously close to hitters behind them, and so it was a for sure catcher's interference. And I think that hurt him on the passed ball strikeout too. I mean, he just had less time to react to the ball coming in. I mean, it, and 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 it's not shocking that was Javi with whom that happened. Like somehow, some way, if I would have had to pick out someone who would get on on a passed ball strike three, Javi would probably be my choice. It just seems mm-hmm. like the kind of thing that would happen to him. He is the he is the quintessential. I, I don't, don't want to call him lucky but just his presence makes things happen and we talk about how great Javi is all season how he just makes you say wow what the heck how do you do that every single game and even when he strikes out he strikes out and sometimes you know the pitcher knows that if he buries the ball he's going to get a strikeout but Javi Baez is so talented that he has to buries it so much it bounces away from the catcher now Javi Baez is on second base like those are the things that you can't qualify because it's just Javi by, Javi's presence. Javi's very odd skill set of I'm going to swing at everything and it forces pitchers to go, well, I'll just bounce it. And then it puts pressure on the catcher and then the catcher misses it. And then the catcher hurries his throw to first, throws it into right field, and the Cubs get a run. I, and let's – uh. I think the last thing from that we need to talk about, we need to talk about Wade Davis. We need to talk about yeah. the machine – because um, he was at his most machiney last night in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, Joe had promised that he would maybe go four or five outs in an outing, uh, that he would use him more than one inning. But what we did not know was that Joe was willing to go seven outs with Wade Davis in game five. And that Wade Davis would be able to pull it off. He ran into some trouble in the eighth, as is customary for Cubs pitchers <laughs> these days. Man. I think someone oh, yeah, showed... We didn't, I, I think we someone didn't sh- talk about the eighth. Someone showed the ERA breakdown for the Cubs by inning this series. And I want to say it was like... Uh, I want to say it was like 0.00 for innings like 2 through 7... Like 2.25 for inning one, 
I think it was I think it was less than three in inning nine, and uh, it was over twenty for inning eight. Yeah, it's like it ba- incredible. Baseball is so weird that way. It's not like the pitchers were worse in the eighth inning. It wasn't like we were just pitching worse pitchers. It was just like it, it was this weird cosmic and balance. It, and it was only two eighth innings too. Oh no, it was three eighth innings because. You'd Carl come in. Carl was in versus Bryce Harper, and he's been great versus lefties all year. He throws a three-one, a three-one or three-two hanging curveball to Bryce Harper, gets just absolutely demolished. That one, I still don't feel bad about. I'm like, man, Bryce Harper is a good player, and I have no problem with Joe's decision there for Carl and. Yeah, and no, Carl I walks mean, Rendon, kind of loses it. They put in Monty. Monty walks the first guy he faces, and then gives up a home run to Zimmerman. And so, no, and th- that, that that one was tough. I think it was good to put, keep. I think it was good that throughout the series he continued to show confidence in Carl, who just had like a rough week. Like it was a rough week at the office. Like it does happen. And then, I, okay, you were talking about tactical mistakes. The biggest tactical mistake of the series was Joe Madden putting in Carl um, in the eighth inning of game four in the 1-0 game after there was already a guy on base. And then Carl proceeding to walk the bases loaded, then throwing a 1-0 pitch to Michael Taylor, and then – pulling Carl for Wade Davis, putting Wade in essentially an unwinnable spot. That was the worst managing managed inning of the of the series in my opinion. I you can't you can't go to Carl when you've got Pedro Strope who gets ground balls with a guy on first base that splitter. That that's be- that's the better call anyway and then you can't you can't pull Carl after one pitch. If you're going to really going to ride him through because you're losing then ride him through don't don't go to Wade Davis with a with a ball because now Michael Taylor's going to be jumping all over the strikes Wade Davis is about to throw because Wade's already down in the count he's coming in knowing he has to throw strikes that's why you never see a manager pulling a pitcher in the middle of an at bat is because the the bullpen the pitcher coming in has to throw strikes. He has to make up for the mistakes of the pitcher in his at bat that he's taking over. It, you, that it's it's poorly managed. It's, it's something Joe should not have done. And I'm I'm a, I'm okay with it. You know the result is fine. But you look back on that and you're like, man, that was really bad. But Wade Davis came out in Game Five. He was great. He put game four behind him, and he he gave up a run in the eighth. He got the pickoff, and we have to talk about that because the pickoff for Wilson to Rizzo, the runner the runner should have been safe. I hate the rule where if you're, you hover over the base, you're out. If you're still within a contact range... You shouldn't be using replay to determine that. I, yeah, I don't. I don't, like I, I don't like the rule either. Um, I'm taking it. I'll take it. I mean, I'll, I'll take, take it, and, and there's really no telling whether it would have changed anything. 
I mean, Tree Turner made an out to start the next inning anyways, so it's he might not have there, he may have, who knows. It's hard to say, and there's a bunch of things that the Nationals did that ended up costing them, and I mean, it was such a close series. You know, I think ultimately the margin ends up being like Nationals plus three on the series, which over five games means essentially nothing. You know, like, I mean, that means that either team could have won any of the games, and that's essentially how the series played out. And it's just, like, it's tough sometimes. Like, that is really just baseball right there. Like, I don't blame Dusty or the Nationals players or anybody, really. It just happens. It could have easily, it could have just as easily been us. And, I mean, like, you remember back... It was us last year, if you remember... Javi in the NLDS slid into second on a double, and his chest popped off the base because Brandon Crawford smacked him in the face, and so he raised his head up and popped off the base, and in that instant, he was called out. And it was like, you can't push him off the base like that, but that's what happened. They called him out. The rule is bad. If if you've made the base, then at that point, you know, if you don't, like, totally leave the base... If you're still above it, there should be like a couple inch cushion above the base where you're safe still. So if your foot pops off up like Lobotons did, that was such a weird little pop-up. It, 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 yeah, if you're right above it, I think it should be okay. Yeah, the problem but, I see the problem I see is definitely that like I am concerned about baseball trying to legislate that because I know they will mess it up somehow. Like and I know it, they'll, I know they'll make it more complicated and more difficult. I also agree that like I don't love seeing that and that it's not fun. But like I just don't know what to do about it that wouldn't be too complicated and that wouldn't probably create more problems than there already are. Yeah, you're right. And it's tough to it's tough to legislate, it's tough to manage you know, you could end up just saying once a hitter's on the base, if they hit the base, unless they leave, you know, and it's, it's like the neighborhood play always was, you know, you leave the neighborhood of the base, then it doesn't count anymore. I, th- I think maybe, I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe the best. But if you hit the base, time is immediately put on, and so you, the runner gets a little leeway. But but if the runners abuse that, then we can take it off. I just. I think it like feels, it feels dirty against the integrity of baseball. I think the only way sense. to do it is to like write in something that like gives the umpires to discri- the discretion to determine whether a player is is like off the base in the process of like the slide. You know, like that was like in the process of getting back into the base versus like say somebody like runs straight through second and you tag them out. Like, that's different, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, it is, especially when you're looking at stuff like what Javi was doing, the magic slides, where he would slide in and twist over and make them miss the tag and then put his hand around and tag the base. Uh, and you know exactly what slide I'm talking about. He did it like three or four times, either this year or last year. But when Javi does that, you're looking at such a, at such a micro a quick motion where the ump just calls Javi out because he sees Javi, the ball beat Javi to the base, but Javi slides around the tag and you're looking at such a close thing where did the glove touch him? 
before he touched the base. Yeah. You've got that. If you want the the exact details, you've got them. So when, you know, if Javi's fingers touch the base and then they slide off and he puts them back on, you know, and we were like, well, was the tag on when his fingers were off the base? It's like, well, he, he his fingers clearly hit the base before the tag went on, so he's safe. So I just... I don't like it, and I'm glad it worked out for us, but... That that's frustrating. So, but I think I think the thing that really worked out is that Davis came out back out for the ninth, and at this point he had already thrown quite a number of pitches. Thirty something. Yeah, and but and you're gonna laugh at this. The ninth inning for Wade Davis was the only one-two-three inning by a Cubs pitcher all game last night. I I was listening to the whole game and I, I shouted in the car. So much when the Cubs wouldn't just get a one-two-three inning. It, it he, never happened, and I was he, what the heck. And then he, he finally got one in the ninth inning. He threw two pitches to Bryce Harper that my brother and I were both shouting, "Where were those?" Mm-hmm. At this point, he's at like 40 pitches already, and he pulls out two breaking pitches that traced the curvature of the earth practically. <laughs> Yeah, he, I mean, Harper he never stood a so, chance swinging at those pitches. It made me laugh because he looked his best in the ninth, too. Like, he did not look good in the eighth. No, he, he looks great. I mean, after meatball. <laughs> he, got, he gets behind to Trey Turner 3-0, and fights back to 3-2, and then gets a weak pop-up, like a weak pop-fly. Jason Worth does nothing because he's Jason Worth, and... If you want to talk, if you want to talk any, uh, my biggest, my biggest tactical error thing from the last few games of the series is Dusty batting Jason Worth second in the lineup because it delays. Well, I mean, it delays getting to Bryce Harper. You know, like well, I, that, I think Rendon's their best hitter. I mean, Rendon should be hitting second. Well, I mean, yeah, Harper, at the top, Harper I think. Him, I mean, my personal feeling on it is that Trey Turner shouldn't even be batting leadoff. But I know that. But I know that Dusty's gonna bat him leadoff. So it's Turner and Michael Taylor are your leadoff options there, really, because Dusty's not gonna put Bryce Harper leadoff. Who's I? I would. I I would put Harper leadoff. Yeah. But that is me. That is me. I. But no. I. But, you know. Okay. So I was feeling. I was feeling all right. And you know, you let that creeping thought sink in. You're like, thank God, Turner. And worth made outs, because now the li- the the best that Harper can do is tie this thing up. And that was what I was thinking. I was like, well, you know what? There's nobody on. So the best he can do is tie this up. And that was my thought. And then that yeah. fir- that that first pitch curveball that Wade Davis threw, which was his best pitch of the night. And Harper just swung over it, and I, I think Harper just for a second was like, "What?" <laughs> you know, he was like, "How how did that thing take such a dive?" I mean, it was like his 41st pitch, and I I I don't personally know. And then, and then Harper works a, a full count because he's Bryce Harper. And Wade Davis breaks off just a knee buckler. Yeah, low and in, oh, like l- low and in. On the knees, tailing in, 
I mean, tailing in. Wow, just, oh. And it just, yeah, it's just knee buckler. Harper swings at it, and he's got no chance. I mean, he's got no chance to hit this thing, and the, the moment he starts that swing, it's over. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, oh, man, I... Whew! We will talk. We'll, we'll talk about this in podcasts uh, to come mm-hmm. when the like season is, is when the when okay. the season is well and truly over. But what you know, just like whatever it takes to bring Wade back. Whew. He's he's fantastic and he's a machine. I you know he can get seven can out get hit around, get beat. He can get come in with a one zero count, forced to throw strikes to a guy who's sitting on his fastball and doesn't matter man he just turns around it's fine we'll get seven, him tomorrow. seven outs I'm gonna kill him. like 43 pitches and a and a, just an absolute dominating strikeout of Bryce Harper to end the game what a victory so looking forward to the NLCS because I think we have to a little bit like I want everyone to take this day to enjoy the win. I don't want people to mm-hmm. worry themselves too much about it. But so we pitched Quintana. We pitched Quintana in that game. We pitched John Lester in Game Four, and Lester was spectacular in Game Four. Uh, really was. But Hendricks pitched that game last night. Quintana pitched in that game. Lester pitched in the game prior, and Jake Arrieta pitched in the game prior. Uh, so the Cubs right now are saying Quintana will likely start game one tomorrow on Saturday. That's what I would assume. Game one will be Quintana. Yeah. They they equated his time in the game. They equated his time in game five to a bullpen side session, which I yep. buy. He didn't throw too many pitches, so that is the good news. Um... I was wondering about the quick hook for Quintana because he, he got two outs and then he walked a guy and they just immediately pulled him. And I was like, that was not a lot. And if you were hoping to ride him a little bit, you shouldn't be whole, pulling him that quick. But if you're hoping he could get you three outs and save him and you gave him three batters and he got two and walked one, okay, we're good. Yeah, I think it was a, I ma- I think, I think it was a matchup thing. I think they liked him in that spot. Um. I don't think the intention was ever to try and ride him out. Um, and they weren't saving him. They were just, you know, it just sort of worked out that way. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I imagine they'll put one extra reliever on the roster for the NLCS anyways, probably Rondone. Yep. I mean, you figure, you well, figure, you figure Martin won't be on the roster... Martin played year. more than Alex Avila. <laughs> yeah, but you got to have a backup catcher, you know. Got to. Yeah. I'm surprised Avila uh, yeah. didn't. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised Avila didn't get any pinch hitting opportunities. But Avila there... and Ian Happ played none in the whole series, and that is just shocking. Um, the longer I... series, I'll I'll say. I definitely the one place where I'd like to see Happ more is definitely. Those times where we're playing Zobrist a lot, 
And yeah. I think, I I think like Hap is a really good alternative to Zobrist, in terms of pinch hitting guy, uh, kind of defense neutral, uh, but at this point much better hitter. Yeah, I I wish. That's not to mean that Zobrist can't start some of these games. In fact, there are games where it certainly makes sense to start Zobrist. It just means not defaulting to him in every game. As a, as a general we'll policy. I think, because Leonis Martin uh, um, is really valuable to the Cubs, I think, and more so than I think either of us expected him to be. The quick, defensively awesome center fielder is going to be kind of valuable, especially against the Dodgers. You are going to hit fly balls, going to hit balls in the gap. You're going to want a guy like Linus Martin. I mean, right, I, but I, I, I think this defense sucked. But, but, uh, but I think I think the big thing, though, is that... Uh, I think it's more likely they leave Lackey off and then they try to bring more power relievers. No, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. You know, I think... Uh, yeah, it's tough. I think it's seven games, and you're gonna need probably gonna need more bullpen innings just by default. I mean, if it goes seven, if it even goes six, uh, you'll need more bullpen innings by default. Uh, I mean, both teams are gonna need more bullpen innings probably. That is, that is likely the case. Uh, so, I don't know. I think Lackey stays on. I think. Rondon gets added, and I think Martin drops off probably, because Martin is the guy least likely to be used a lot. He really he got in the center field last night because we were switching with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, but we were th- we were throwing it. in the game, so I don't know. I'm gonna make a quick case for Dylan Maples uh, over Rondon. I I hear you, but he's not tested. But my 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 obvious my obvious concern actually no I take it all back. And Justin more, Wilson's the one who's going to get left off. I they brought Justin Wilson to face Murphy, and uh, they didn't even deploy him once. I mean, it's, I think Justin it's, Wilson gets left for either Rondon or something else. It's possible. We'll see. But no, I wouldn't advocate for somebody like Maples who's problem right. is walks and we have enough guys for whom that's been an issue mm-hmm. he's gonna have his yeah. shot next year I, I think i think rondone's rondone generally doesn't struggle with walks rondone struggles with getting getting hit um so rondone's probably your guy and i think it's rondone over wilson tbh but i think I could uh, be wrong. they could they could want to carry an extra guy but at the same time i just We'll see. I don't know how it's going to work yeah. out, but functionally, mostly the same roster. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, I expect that you know, if Quintana starts game one, then we can have whoever start game two. I mean, that's like at that point, it can be whoever you want. Yeah. So here's how about we do a little predicting and then we uh, we call it an episode. Um, I like the Dodgers in six, uh, which I haven't picked the Cubs yet, but they're fatigued. They're not throwing the bullpen's not throwing strikes. The 
the offense didn't do anything and had to kind of fluke their way into a game five win. I, I like the Dodgers, but again, this is baseball and the Cubs, they don't lose. I'm going to go they Cubs. They've lost a series in two years. I'm going to go Cubs in seven. It'll have to be. It'll have to be seven if the Cubs win. I think. I'm gonna go Cubs in seven just because I f- I'm feeling it. Um, I look and nobody would blame you. I think it's entirely possible. It's a 4-0 Dodger sweep. I think the Cubs could win in seven. I think the Cubs could win in four. But I also think it's a lot more likely that the Dodgers are. This is the, just their year. They they've geared up. They they traded a bunch of assets for you Darvish and Tony Watson and. I like their team, obviously. But... It's a good team. Chris Taylor turned into a really good player, which is weird. But I think they, I think that even they have some vulnerabilities. Yeah, they do. Uh, and... and I, I look forward to trying to exploit those. And um... we we hit Kershaw in the playoffs. I'm not worried about that. You Darvish and... is a different map. You Darvish has made the Cubs look bad in the past. Um. That's going to be tough. Kershaw, Darvish, um, Rich Hill, and Alex Wood. And those are their four pitchers. Or is they have Maeda going? I think they were using Maeda out of the bullpen. Right, 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 right. Although, you know, with the Dodgers, it's more of a will piece together starts from whoever we have lying around kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much always beyond Kershaw and Darvish, it's like whoever is here will pitch, and will pitch often. Uh, obviously, Kenley Jansen is incredible. Uh, we didn't really get to him last year. Uh, oddly enough, you know, we got to we 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 didn't really we got to Kershaw in Game Six last year. Um, we'll see what happens. It's there's no way to predict it. I'm just happy we're there. It's and right. I and no matter what happens, I can't be mad. At, like I just can't be upset with this season. 92 wins, NL Central title, third straight NLCS appearance. There's just nothing to be mad about. Like this is. We, we are living in the golden age of Cubs baseball. Yep. If you lose to the Dodgers, well, you lost to the Dodgers. They were the best team in the National League this year. And uh, you beat the Nationals, which was a team that kind of going in, the Cubs weren't favored. Uh, they didn't have home field advantage. And the Nationals got a rain delay where they didn't have to pitch Tanner Roark. They got to pitch Steven Strasburg instead. So their game one and two starters also pitched games four and five. I mean, how... How fortunate is that for them? And they still couldn't get it done. It's amazing. So Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say how this series goes if they move that game up for Game 4 at Wrigley and play it at 1 p.m. the day prior and they don't have uh, Strasburg. I mean, maybe the series ends then. Yeah, maybe. There's, like, really really no way to know... um, so, like, yeah, they caught a break, a big one, mm-hmm. and we caught some breaks in turn, and that's baseball, and it went back and forth, and it was as close, it was about as close as this this kind of series can be. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I I'm looking forward to the NLCS. I the longer series, we won't. You know, losing two games doesn't matter. Uh, you got to lose four games to be done. And we lost yeah. two games in the NLCS last year. We were down two to one. Won three in a row and went back. Wait, no, yeah, yeah, right. One game, one lost two and three. One, four, five, and six. Yep. I uh, the Cubs. I mean, and that's one of the reasons. That, that's the best argument for me against the worrying about the Cubs being not well rested right now is that we can lose game one, we can lose game two. But I'm but not. The Cubs I'm not, could I'm turn not, it around very quickly. But I'm not. I'm not certain. We, you know, losing game one right. is definitely not a locked-in certainty. You know. Obviously, I think the guys are definitely going to be a little bit tired, but. But you know, I mean, Jose Quintana could pull out. A nine-inning gem. That'll be that'll be refreshing. <laughs> like I mean. I'm not saying I expect that, but. He uh, he's looked really good in the second half of the season. He's looked really good the last few months, and so yeah, I'm not. He's... Yeah. So I'm with I... you, man. We're gonna we're gonna enjoy this and just enjoy uh, just enjoy the ride. Another NLCS with the Cubs in it. That's that's how it should be. <laughs> Everything is as it should be. Golden Age of Cubs baseball. Sounds good to me. I think that about wraps up our our little session here. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter at DG Bloomberg is David and at DOS Nine Cubs is me. Uh, and we're at Sing Cubby Blues for the podcast. Uh, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn. Or any other podcasting app you use. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so we'll be back with you uh, whenever the NLCS concludes, whether that results in a Cubs victory or the end of the Cubs season. Regardless, we'll be back with you after the conclusion of this next series. Until then, we uh, we hope you stay healthy. And uh, keep your spirits up, and uh, try not to let your heart explode from the tension of the playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's nice. It's nice to go back to not clinching games because these are the most stressful, and the rest of them, it's okay. Game one, game one, game one. Yeah, yeah. You can relax. Game one. Even if you lose, it's okay. You got six more games. Game one. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. We'll see you guys next time. All right. We're out. Sing Those Cubby Blues is co-hosted by David Bloomberg and David Westgreen, produced and edited by David Bloomberg, with logo provided by Randall J. Sanders, who can be found at Randall J. Sanders on Twitter. 
To find more information about the podcast, go to at SingCubbyBlues on Twitter or visit one of us at DG Bloomberg or at DWest9Cubs on Twitter, where you can engage with us and talk about us and maybe even give us ideas for future episodes. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll return for the next episode, which we hope to have up soon. Keep following the Cubs, keep cheering them on, and you'll be hearing from us again in the future. Thanks.